Hello, and thanks for joining us. Two sharp chefs and a microphone here. I'm Mitch Moss, Lorraine's husband, and I'm in control of the mic this episode. Yeah, you are. It's amazing. How does that make you feel? Uh, maybe a little bit less. <laughs> in, in control for the first time of our marriage? Yeah, maybe, huh? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm Lorraine Moss, chef, journalist, and wifey. And I'm Louie Victor, chef, food photographer, and I'm the third wheel for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you are. So totally. <laughs> yeah. But you're okay with it. Yeah. So we started this podcast this past June on the first ever Anthony Bourdain Day because we wanted to do the right thing and build a better sense of community among cooks, chefs, restaurant workers, and food lovers. And in this episode, in honor of Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. We want to say thank you to our subscribers on the various podcast apps and our followers on Instagram and Facebook. And thanks to all of our amazing guests. This is episode 25. Can you believe it? I really <laughs> honestly can't believe it. That's crazy. And we've been growing and expanding. It's our honor to have you along for this ride. So this is what we decided to do. Bring in my husband, Mitch, since, you know, he's got, you know, just a little bit of experience on radio and TV. A little bit. (laughs) To turn the tables and interview us. Thanks, Mitch. It's good to be here. It's good to be on the podcast. You guys are doing an amazing job. Can I start with this? Maybe a little bit of an opinion on my part. Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) Uh-oh. Thanksgiving is the best holiday for the entire calendar year, correct? Correct. It's awesome. It always lands on the last, wait, what? That's not my favorite holiday. I mean, I love it, but it's not my favorite it's holiday. It's a great food holiday. It's an amazing food holiday. Yeah, it it's is the, an amazing it's food holiday. Overall, all things considered, out here in Las Vegas, the weather's still nice, right? Mm-hmm. It's always on a Thursday, which means Friday's going to be Black Friday. You get like a four-day weekend. For oh. me in the sports world, there's tons of sports going on, which is great. But then the leftovers that you can have on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's yes. about football, it's about family, it's about... Right? The camaraderie. Yeah. And you know I always call it my Super Bowl. Even you though do. this year it's not going to be my Super Bowl because we're going to go have Thanksgiving with some of our chef friends. Right. Um, a Friendsgiving, which is going to be weird for me to not cook the turkey, but I feel like I'm still going to be cooking a turkey um, like on Friday or Wednesday. Did you buy a turkey yet, by the way? <laughs> no, I haven't. I'm going to buy one of those organic ones at Whole Foods. Right. So probably today or tomorrow. Probably yeah. tomorrow I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. And start the branding process and all that stuff. Yeah, this one goes out to my family because I'm not going to be able to make it home to San Francisco. I will be working. We have about like 500 <laughs> covers of Bazaar. Oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just going to be really tough for me this week because I have my eater assignments on top of uh, everything else. That's so crazy. So yeah, I'm not actually stopping for a moment here, but I will enjoy the food when I can. Yeah, and um, the nice part is a lot of us get together you know, before and or during or after Thanksgiving. So thank you so much to all the hospitality workers out there like Louie, who have to work on Thanksgiving, have to work on Christmas, have to work on New Year's Eve. We miss all those great events. And, you know, you're working your butts off for us. Okay, so we can begin here then as you kind of gave us a lay of the land, explaining why you started the podcast uh, earlier this summer. Let's begin with this then. You're 25 episodes in, right around that number. How do you feel at this point? Surprises, favorite episodes, et cetera. Um, surprises. Yes. (laughs) Quite a few. Um, what we've learned is how to, um, 
how to not freak out when things happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We recently taped an episode where the lights and electricity went off several times <laughs> during. Yeah. Um, we definitely tape in restaurants a lot. So that's an issue. That was fun, Halloween. Huh, like yeah. the tables, the, the chairs falling. Yeah. Um, from the beginning, you know, just getting road ready, I didn't quite expect uh, how much preparation it was. But, you know, we learn as we go and we get better with it. Yeah. And, like, there's always a workaround in the bag somewhere. Yeah, you know? Louis having to pull stuff out constantly because, you know, we're just put in situations where, hey, you're taping in a closet this time. Mm-hmm. Okay, we drove all the way to Los Angeles to tape in a closet. You know, right. it is what it is because hashtag chef life, hashtag restaurant life. It's actually and good. Yeah. Hashtag and, broadcasting life. Yeah. But you know what? As you know from being in media for so long and in broadcast broadcasting that sometimes some of your best work comes from pressure situations like that where you've got to just pull something out. You're up against it, things that you would never anticipate happening. And all of a sudden you just got to be bam, let's go right now. Mm -hmm. And you somehow just like bring yourself up to a level, Mm -hmm. like even higher somehow. Yeah. I feel like that happens to us a lot. Like I never freak out when we're recording. Like outside of that, I will be like, okay, you know, like running through lists and stuff like that. But when, when it actually hits me, when we're, we're recording, we're set to record, I'm like, okay, I must not freak out. Cause if I freak out, Lorraine's going to freak out and this interview is going to be like a freak out session. What I will say about Louie is she's really great at being calm. So she's super zen and I'm not Gotta super have zen. I'm not super zen. You know that. No, of course you're not. Yeah. I'm just like, Louie, come on, let's go. <laughs> like I get, you know, bitchy sometimes. You total panic. Yeah. You, you, you go into panic mode. I don't know if it's panic. It's more just like. Well, you like the boss people around. I do like, and, I, and I'm OCD. Yeah. I like things to be perfect. And so it's like a blessing and a curse for Louie because we know the curse part because I get like ratty and stuff. But then the blessing part is she knows that it's going to get done. Like, yeah. You know that I'm going to book the guests. You know that I'm going to start this and end this the right way, but I'm freaking, um, hard to deal with. All right. Yes. So, so 25 <laughs> episodes are there about saying again. Yeah. Okay. Louis favorite episode so far. Favorite episode. Oh my goodness. Oh uh, God. There's been a bunch. Yeah. There's been a bunch. The top three. Can we do top three? Okay. The Halloween episode was great. Kay. Yeah. I had fun like editing that because yeah. uh, of all the sound effects. Yeah. Kitchen nightmares. Uh, yeah. Kitchen nightmares. Um, I want to say uh, the Chef Carlos episode was really good too. Where all the good cooks. Uh-huh. And then the upcoming Yasmin episode. Oh my God. You guys should watch out for that one. Yeah, Yolanda's funny. Oh, my God. That's like our best, most unedited and uncensored That's episode That's going to be Chef Mom of yeah. Seven. And we're yeah. not joking. Seven. Is that going to be rated R? Very. R. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not NC-17. We won't go that far. Okay. But yeah, she's got a mouth on her. Yeah. But that's why we love her. Right. <laughs> um, mine, uh, I'm not going to go in order, but I have to say just because she's one of my idols, like Mary Sue. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was, when after we were done with it, we felt so high, just like, we were so excited that we went down to Los Angeles to do that. Uh-huh. Um, she's my mentor through James Beard, and she's always there for me, like, Literally, I'll text her and she'll get back to me right away, even with all the stuff that she's doing. I mean, she's like in Jordan one day, right? Italy the next. And it's like, oh, hey, how are you doing? She literally texted me mm-hmm. what a week ago on Instagram. Very so that great. was an awesome episode. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I have to say gauchos. I love gauchos because it's so it's philosophical and so crazy. And just like those guys are so freaking chill. And I've gotten so many responses from that. Like even just booking guests sometimes. Oh, the Garden Farms Foundation. They were like, oh, gauchos was so good. They love that episode because they're just crazy. They're like crazy philosophical gauchos crazy people. I love hanging out with Gerardo and Ricardo. Yeah, that was amazing. And then, God, this is so hard, but I think I'm going to say Valencian Gold. Dude. Because that episode, we were crying. We were laughing so hard. And those two guys have since become really good friends of ours. We go out to eat dinner all the time, have chef family meals. We're going to I'm going to have Thanksgiving with them, with my husband. So clearly we're close now. Mm -hmm. Um, But they just got that chef spirit in them. And I love the fact that they're chefs and they're badass and they're cool and stuff. But at the same time, they're still super nice guys, which is, you know, not necessarily common to be a really nice chef and be a really good chef. And they are doing it right. Exactly. Okay. Let's, um, let's take this next question beyond Las Vegas. Okay. Think, you know, regionally, nationally, internationally, globally, globally here, however you like to think about it. So, okay. A dream guest for each of you here on the podcast. The, the one person, the one person. Now there's no listing your top three, top five. Okay. You get one dream guest oh. here from a global oh, perspective. Who do you want? You know what it is? So you go first then. Dominique Crin. That is, that's an awesome guest. Yeah. Dominique Crin. Uh, first so. ever two Michelin star female chef or is it three Michelin star? But just Michelin star straight crazy. Up, straight up. Badass. badass. Uh, female chef Mm -hmm. out of San Francisco from France. Uh, There's an amazing chef table about her um, fighting cancer right now now, and doing it Mm -hmm. valiantly Mm -hmm. on Instagram. And still like um, putting out her uh, her beliefs in the world. She's like fighting for climate change and stuff like that while battling cancer. It's just an amazing thing to watch and be inspired by this woman. So yeah, she would be my definite... Oh, good God. What? I'm freaking out right now because <laughs> there's so many. You've thought about this for like weeks and months. Yeah. But it's like, in another world, it would have been Julia Child, yes. but she's not around for this. So. Can I guess? As I your husband, say, can I guess? Well, uh, here's the thing. If I can't have Julia Child, which this person would also be fine with that, it's going to have to be Jose Andres. Definitely. <laughs> and it's like kind of like full circle as well for us because we, we met. Uh-huh. At a Jose Andres restaurant at Bazaar. Um, he's doing incredible things for the world. Um, and he's our jefe. We, call, we <laughs> reference him almost every episode. And the joke on the show has been we're six degrees of Jose Andres, the way people are with Kevin Bacon. Sure. But it's not really six, it's like two for most people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's like we interview. Jeff Wise, and he's written the forward to his cookbook, and we interviewed David Thomas, and he's gone with him to Puerto Rico, and it's just like, it'd just be nice to actually talk to the person that we talk about all the time. Did I tell you about the day I met him? Oh, please. Oh, my goodness. So I thought that I wouldn't be starstruck because I I worked for this dude. Yeah, for years. For years. <laughs> you opened his restaurant. So with when I everybody. finally got to introduce myself as a you know a photographer, he's like, oh are we paying you? <laughs> so I was like, no, not yet. But yeah. Anyways, not yet. <laughs> he Wing. takes, he takes my phone and airdrops my pictures. That's into hilarious. His phone. What if you had like 
NSFW pictures no, on there. I, I I got into my, my oh, okay. pro food. Good. It's, it's that's that that phone. Okay. So good. He took my phone. I was like, oh my god. And there's photos on my Instagram to show that I was like, oh. yeah, I saw those photos. Oh my god, it's so funny. Like my face was. I was like looking at him like. Oh. <laughs> I was yeah. so starstruck, but yeah, it was a, uh, it was quite an experience. Yeah, that's gonna be. I totally got reduced to like. Oh, We're gonna just put it out in the world. Yeah, that's going to be yeah an amazing podcast for us. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. Hopefully, yeah, soon, sometime in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, just the fact that he has so much food knowledge, and also, again, goes back to being a great human being. Uh, for us both, that would be a huge honor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so looking at the next three to five, maybe ten podcasts that you guys have coming up, what are some of the topics that you would like to cover? Mm. We keep talking about sustainability. Yeah, we keep talking about sustainability. We would love to get one of those great casinos that, you know, we get a rap, uh, bad rap sometimes in Las Vegas that we're not doing the right things, that we're all about the city of sin and all I this mean, what, bullshit. What's your personal opinion on that? We're not doing enough, but yeah. I feel like there are things that we're doing that mm-hmm. people don't know about. Right. And so we would love, both of us, we've talked several times about how important sustainability is. And, you know, this is something that Chef Jose Andres talks a lot about too. And, you know, lives up to with World Central Kitchen and the idea of taking food that's not being used to repurpose. Um, we don't do that in Las Vegas a lot. Um, there's a lot of waste here and it's, it's extremely unfortunate. I mean, right. at all our restaurants, you know, you're always surprised, Mitch, when I, I tell you mm-hmm. like, oh, we threw away 15 loaves of bread and it's not a day. It's 15 loaves at one service. Mm-hmm. And then I throw away another 15 or 20. And this is not, you know, one specific restaurant that I'm going to jump on or talk bullshit about because it's all of us. We're all doing it. There are all, I can't believe some of the stories that you tell me. Yeah. Yeah. They're every single, and they're all different chefs, all different casinos, local and not local. We're all wasting food. Like I wish that we could like actually host an event where every one of the outlets in Las Vegas just like shows up and just puts, brings their, all uh, their food, their, their trim or, or their trash. So that we can physically see how much we're actually wasting. And then cook with it. We could. That could be like a Jolene yeah. Menina yeah. help us out for a secretburger.com yeah. event. Yeah, but it's, you know, um, sustainability is a very big issue because people don't really realize like um, how much waste there actually is. And we need to curb on that. Right. And for so many reasons. Yeah, we need to shine a light on it, um, not only for like patrons of restaurants, but actually to act establishment owners themselves right you know make make smarter choices use a use a wooden sport sporks forks and spoons yeah and and you know like all biodegradable stuff and one more thing i have to say before we move on it's we really have to do more about childhood hunger i mean that's just a topic to me that always it gets Mm me you know me mitch like it's something that means so much to me and i feel like there's so many things that are happening with food and the lack of food for children in our country. And it honestly makes me sick to think that, you know, we're throwing away this food. It's attached to the sustainability idea Mm -hmm. that we're throwing away these like loaves of bread and there are kids that don't have breakfast. And so we've done a little bit of that. We talked about chefs for kids. You know, we talked about chef Justin Franco and the stuff that he does, but I feel like all of us could do more to think about, you know, 
cafeteria lunch debt and things that are happening um, with children. Yeah. And right in our community in Las Vegas and Los Angeles, you know, the communities that we talk with a lot. Um, it's just something that really bothers me. Yeah, man. If it's a food issue, especially when it comes For chefs. To, to about, it's about children, it should not be happening. Right. We it need to feed people. So. Yeah. Louis, your favorite item to cook at home? Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm a big barbecue gal. Are so. you really? Yeah. And do you cook at home all the time? I actually no. didn't know that. No. No, I actually want to... I, I actually want to... Is find, that your dream job? <laughs> find the time to put together an all-women's barbecue team. I like Ooh. smoking stuff. I can really we do, do veg, too? We can do, we can do veg. Like, I have yeah. my little, uh, my little uh, pellet grill. Smoked eggplant is yeah. actually very good. Mm-hmm. Mitch loves smoked eggplant. I the do. first time he had it. It's freaking delicious. Ooh. So it doesn't have to be just meat. It could be... Plant-based. I could be plant-based soon. Veganuary's coming up, so yeah, I will be uh, going up for that challenge. Yeah, so we So you love, you love handling the grill? I do. Hmm. I, I'm, That's cool. I, have I didn't know that 10 either. 10 million grills. I like working with open fire. Yeah, you have a pizza grill, you and have a smoker. Yeah. Do you have a Kahachina? I used to. I gave it to Moy. That's what there, he's cooking Oh, I didn't know that yeah. that was yours. Yeah. Why? Because I don't you have just a using for it. it. I have a room for it. Yeah, he's way the hell out there. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he he has uh, access to a whole hog, so. So, Mitch, a Kahachina is a china box, and Mm -hmm. I think I've shown you pictures of it before. Like, you can roast the whole hog in it. Yeah, they also call it a Cajun microwave. So, anything (laughs) outdoorsy cooking? I don't know if it's even like it might be racist. I don't. I hope we're not being racist, but that's what it's called. It's no. called a cajachina. Yeah. How, how do you like your uh, pizza cooker? The uni. The yeah. uni is pretty good. I have the pro. <laughs> yeah, he's bringing it up. How, how many times have you used it? I have used it a total about eight times since I got it. But then again, you know, I was out of the country for a long time last year. So yeah. Do you have like a lot of cooking utensils or instruments at the house that you never use? Yes. Okay, because <laughs> he's trying to this, call me out. You can like, tell, right? <laughs> this is like my number one pet peeve. Mm-hmm. She had to have a sous vide like years ago for Christmas. Had to have it, right? Had to. Was causing a shitstorm if she wasn't going to get one. Has never he's exaggerating. U- has never used it one time. It's been three or four years. Has never oh. used it once. I went out of my way. I got everything last year for the uni, like the highest in uni that they had, yeah. right? The reviews, the, the YouTube videos I've watched, they look super simple. It's like unbelievable out here in Las Vegas weather-wise the entire year. She's yeah. never used it one time. Okay. It dry, there's no excuse. I don't want to hear any excuse here. It drives me up a wall, Louis. But anyway, so maybe one time if you can be kind yeah. enough, come over here and show her how to use the uni. That'd be kind of you. Okay, I know yeah. how to use it. No, and you don't. we actually, tr- come on, hun. We tried to use it the one time and it rained like crazy out time, okay. outside. So we literally couldn't bring it outside. Uh-huh. And so we made, like, we got the double zero flour, made like the genuine Italian Napolitana yeah, crust. Zero, zero, it was delicious. Zero. And it came out delicious, but we had to do it in the oven. We did. Because it was pouring rain outside. And so it was one of those like weird pizza fail situations. Yeah. And then oh, wait, I fell on my shoulder and I can't like need dough right now. Oh, yeah. I had shoulder surgery and like for five months I was waiting for shoulder shoulder surgery. And then for another five months I've been recovering from shoulder surgery. I'm here to help. So honestly, like the kneading is like something that I really can't do. Right. So I would need like a chef partner, somebody that would be able to knead out the dough, but I could do the rest of it. I can cook the sauce. I love cooking sauce. I could do all the toppings. But So uni... This is how I do it. Like, I am in charge of the dough um, okay. and the pizza sauce and the cheese. 
Okay. I ask all my guests to bring one or two items that they would like on their pizzas. Topics. It's a good idea. Yes. And then we do a pizza cook-off. And I we mean, we like, could do it here. We, we do a, 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 a little tasting, and whoever wins, wins. <laughs> you could bring yours, and we could have two. We, have, two unis I going. Have two unis. So, so we could have three, three going. We have two unis. Wow. See, yeah. and you think I'm that I'm fan. superfluous when it yeah. comes to like, you, you should see how many freaking like things that she has at her house. Right. Okay. So she's like a kitchen equipment I'm, whore. I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it caused problems <laughs> in her marriage. Yes, it really did. So it's not just you and me. <laughs> it really did. Like right now I'm like eyeing the kudu grill, which is like an open fire braai. And it's nothing but like a little elevated fire pit. But yeah. I'm just like, oh, I have to have it. Got to have it, yeah. Yeah. I'm not the only one, Mitch. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've established that you don't like to pe- uh, cook pizza at the house. What <laughs> yeah. is your favorite item to cook right now? Um, I'm going through this. I'm trying, as we have been talking about, I'm trying to go plant-based as much as possible. So I'm delving into those vegan recipes and I'm trying to figure out, and I know this sounds crazy, but I'm trying to make it delicious. And, I, and, and I'm sorry for all the vegans out there, like a lot of the stuff you cook is delicious, but I'm not there yet. Like it's not something that I'm used to. I am trying to figure out ways to like, yeah, should I smoke it? Can I braise it? Like, it's just hard because I've been my whole life, you know, looking at vegetables as a side dish, which yeah. Most Americans have. So I'm trying to figure out how do I make it an entree? You know, that's why I got inspired by the mushroom Wellington that I saw on the vegans baby website. But that's my thing right now is trying to conquer plant-based entrees. Mm-hmm. You're awesome at coming up with stuff like fly by the seat of your pants kind of stuff, right? Is this a compliment finally? It yeah. is. <laughs> and she, ne- uh, Louis, she never writes down recipes. Oh, ever. I'm terrible at this. So yeah. then she always has to like go back on memory. Like how did I make those meatballs with that certain blazing kind of buffalo sauce or whatever that I made six months ago and the blue cheese kind of like side or whatever that comes with it. So like she's like improving. When she does this in like, uh, it's like a, it's in the kitchen. all the time. It's yeah. great. It's great. But then she never takes notes or anything like that. I always, I tell her, I'm like, Hun, like this is awesome. Like you could, you could he have this. At, I'm that. like, you could have this at a food truck tomorrow, and it would be like He's balls like, crazy. You need you to write you, it down. You need to remember this kind of stuff. Uh-huh. You know. But you know, and I don't write it down. Image, I'm like that too. I'm sure a lot of yeah, a lot of cooks are like that. Yeah. Like, can we have a recipe? I'm like, uh, you put this, 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 and that right. together. Yeah. Right. But I don't have like approximate amounts no. or whatever. But and that's you, honestly what I need to work on. Th- see, that's. You know how being a cook is. You experience your food. You you right. You but cook if you want right. to do a cookbook or a food truck or right. a restaurant, you no. need to keep those recipes so that other people can execute it as well. Yeah. And Mary Sue used to get on me with this all the time because I, you know, she'd be like, "Oh yeah, what, what's in it?" And blah, blah. I'm trying to pull it out of my ass, like, "Oh, it's this and that." And blah, blah. I can't like you need as a chef to be able to pass that down to a cook. Yeah. That can complete it execute the it. same way that yeah. you can execute it and you, you know and if you want to write a cookbook then clearly you need that and you know who's really great at that and her cookbooks are absolutely amazing amazing is Ina Garden and that's why she's so popular she's an actual real cook she's not one of those fake cooks on the certain tv networks <laughs> she is an awesome real cook and she 
it's crazy. She says like she does it a hundred times. Yeah, before she puts it in before the cookbook. Before she puts it in a book. Who does that? Nobody. That's recipe testing for you. But that's crazy. Yeah, right? And that's yeah. but that's good for her. That's right. why it's so good though. Uh-huh. Because that's why a normal person on the street who has no experience and is just like a house dad that, you know, wants to make something great for his kids or his wife can do exactly what she sure. does. Step by step, read the book, bam, it's going to turn out exactly right. how she makes it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And she even puts in tips on the side like, well, if this happens, do that. Because a lot of cooking has to do with how do you fix a mistake, totally. <laughs> right? And so it's all about yeah. not only cooking it, but making, fixing mistakes. So. so as we speak, what kind of uh, food, what style of food are you guys craving or have you been craving over the last, you know, few days, weeks, months? Oh my. Mine's always Peruvian. Peruvian for you? I'm all, it's always Peruvian and always sushi. Oh. Yeah, it's true. And and I that's going to be my biggest thing. I thought cheese would be my biggest thing when it comes to possibly becoming plant-based. Right. Or not possibly, becoming plant-based. Um, it'll be hard, but I think what would be harder for me to be full plant-based mm-hmm. would be giving up fish. I freaking love fish. I love fish, too. I love fish. Fish is great. Seafood's great. And there are some really great, we've actually tried a few, um, recently, uh, like we actually had a shirashi vegan bowl, which was quite good, mm-hmm. um, at veggie eats that was good. in Henderson and they do vegan shrimp, like a no shrimp or a no, you know, and it's all good. It tastes good, but is it exactly like ahi tuna or exactly like, you know, it's obviously not going to be like Otoro or, yeah, you know, it's no like, way. I mean, it's like the really good stuff. It's not. There's I, still I a love curve. fish. There's still a learning curve there that, you know, we ha- there's that gap that we still have to right. fill. It's going to get there eventually, but God knows, you know. I feel like that's going to be your thing, too, if you ever tried to go plant-based as well, Mitch, is like you. Well, I grew up on fish. I grew yeah, up in the Midwest, so I went like fishing all the time. I mean, I lived off. Walleye, sunfish. Yeah. He's going to hate giving that up. I don't mm-hmm. think I could do that fully. Yeah, so it might be the more other like, the other like meats. To, if you want to go down that road, uh, I don't really crave as a guy that's going to be you know in mid mid forty sometime soon. You know, again, and I have friends and family that still to this day, it's like I got to have a cheeseburger, got to have that big prime rib, give me that ribeye, blah 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 blah, meat and potatoes, that kind of thing. I when's the last time I've said, "Hun, let's go out for a really great steak." It's usually me. Like I'm the I one just, that says I that don't, I want a burger. Right. Yeah. Maybe you're just iron deficient. <laughs> yeah. Could yeah. Be. Yeah. And I actually no, do no, crave my, it. my body needs, you know, wants kind of kind yeah. of thing. What do you crave? Oh, I go by the seasons. Like now it's cold. Your Ram- seasonal yeah. craving. <laughs> ramen has ramen season has officially mm-hmm. started. So oh. I'm with that. I'm going to start delving into like Asian like hot pots and stuff like that. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Like chubby cattle kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Something like that. But, I you know, and then and then holidays. The holidays are coming up. So it's going to be like, okay, turkey. What can, my, what can I make from a turkey? Yeah. You know? So I made turkey tamales because I bought a 30-pound turkey one time. I don't know. Don't ask how. This was Jeff Carlos and his birthday. <laughs> it was the day after. But I ended up with a 30-pound turkey that I did not know what to do because it was just me and my mom. <laughs> 15 pounds each. Yeah, right? So, yeah, it was turkey That's tamales. like Mitch and me, too. Just yeah. the two of us, like, turkey. Yeah. That's turkey. why it's the best holiday. Again, yeah, leftovers yeah. for days. For days. I, I had turkey like tamales every single for, day. for like a year, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I froze them. That sounds good, by the way, yeah. turkey tamales. Yeah, it's good. When you said uh, hot pots, and I don't know why, how it brought me to this place, but I thought of like freaking Korean food. Like Bibimbap. I'm totally obsessing mm-hmm. over bibimbap lately. Like, oh, dude. I want it like all the time. But I need it in the lava bowl. Like I need it in the yeah. freaking, I, I just 
Okay, the best bibimbap I've ever had outside of a lovable was actually at a Korean Airlines flight. I was uh, on my way to Seoul. Wow. Yeah, their bibimbap is just like amazing. They served it. Wait, in Korea, is it different? In Korea, Korea? Or is it better? Is it the same? I feel like, I don't want to say it's more authentic. Right? It's just bibimbap. Okay, so you're not like, oh my God. Because when we went to Italy, mm-hmm. we were like, pizza tastes like this? Like, yeah. I mean, the pizza was already number one for us. Yeah. And then we Some went the there pasta. and it was like, right. even higher. So right. I just wonder. I will say though, I mean, right next door to Bazaar, when Katsuya was there, right? Katsuya had the best bibimbap I've ever had. Their mushroom and rice bibimbap. Oh my God. There. That was insane. We, I, well, we had that probably five, six times. Oh, we always Easy. ordered it every single time we went there because it had all these different kinds of mushrooms. Like it had chanterelles wow. and just like high quality, delicious mushrooms that yeah. were in season all the time. It was like perfection. Oh, mm-hmm. it was so good. Yeah. And it's that That's hot great. pot too with the little sakurat, like yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> that's not what they call it in Korea, but what? <laughs> what we're used to, like the hard part on the bottom, like paella. Uh, yeah. I mean. You oh. crave pho as well? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm fudd out because of the documentary that I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> trying to edit right now. You're fudd. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> man. But yeah, um, I did a documentary. I traveled with Chef Kaibu. So I'm To Vietnam. And so you have yeah. a lot kind of, of fudd. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, the best thing about being a professional cook, or chef and the worst thing about it. Oh. Oh, uh, ah. Best thing? Okay, so worst thing I can say right away, um, which is no time with the family, friends. Um, when I want to do stuff, when I was doing the grind of 60 hours a week as a chef, I never saw my husband, which, you know, I did miss you. Yeah. And um, I never saw the dogs. And vacation was a hassle. And, you know, holidays, like you were just talking about holidays, like every single holiday you're working. So that's the worst part. The best part is just the camaraderie, to be honest. I mean, you're cooking for a living. So that's pretty fun if you like cooking. Mm -hmm. And then the camaraderie involved with cooking is unlike any other. Your familia. Yeah. Your family in the kitchen is something that stays with you forever. And I mean, the reason why we have so many podcasts sitting around all the time, like meaning we have a bunch on the shelf because we have so many, such a big family of cooks and restaurant workers that we still love and love us. And I mean, that's like the best part about cooking professionally. I agree with you on both, both accounts. Really? My best part is that I have this insurance that I will never eat a bad meal ever in my life. That is true. Because I have the means of making great meals. Making it and going anywhere you want to because your friends are going to hook you up. Exactly. Both ways, if you're lazy or not lazy. (laughs) The worst part for me, and that goes hand in hand with what you mentioned about like the lack of time, um, I do feel very detached from the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah, because like most of my friends are nine to fivers. and right. And basically when they're out partying or having a great time or just, you know, staying at home with their families or going out to eat, I'm working. Yeah. So I never get to see them. Yeah. And it's super FOMO. So yeah. It's <laughs> so you're a, missing out all the time. Yeah. You know, it's a mental health thing, but there's ways to curb it. Uh, you just need to kind of stay on top of it and like really make yourself a little bit more visible. Our mm-hmm. psychotherapist, Donna Wilburn, had some great ideas about that, you know, just being 
married to the chef, mm-hmm. that episode about relationships in the kitchen. Um, she just had so many great ideas. So if you're looking for a way to work that out in your lives, mm-hmm. go back to that episode because it's it's one of our first episodes and Donna Wilburn is brilliant at, at telling us how to balance. Right. Okay, before we get to uh, on the fly with each of you, two more questions. Um, should cooks receive a percentage of the tips? Hmm. I, I say, say yes. yes. <laughs> Down the line, yes. Yeah, we've yep. been to a few restaurants that do that. And uh, Mitch and I always love that when it's on. And, you know, they tell you in advance. There's like a warning somewhere. It says, um, I believe they do it at Monzu, Pizzeria Monzu in yeah, the Southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I think it's 4%, some, something close to a 4% that's added mm-hmm. on. Um, I will pay it every single time. Um, and obviously it's a choice. If you want it taken off your bill, you don't have to do it. So it's not forcing you. It's not like one of those resort fees or something like that. Um, I just, I feel like Danny Meyer's idea, Chef Danny Meyer, who is either the first or one of the first ever to um, include cooks into the tips. Um, it's such a smart idea that he had because it's great for retention and it's great for camaraderie because you're telling everybody in your entire restaurant that they're worth the same. Sure. Exactly. That they're equal. Exactly. So I've never worked in this industry before, but I can recall the first time I ever saw this happen. Actually, I was 21 years old in Flagstaff. You know the person now, Lorraine, uh, Andy, Andy and Robin were out to uh, get a bite to eat with them in Flagstaff and we're done eating and he goes to the server Gives him some cash and says, can you give this to the cooks? Compliments of me, whatever, you know, compliments of the chef, that kind of thing, whatever, however you phrased it. And I was 21 and I was like, love that idea. I'm never going to forget that. And I think you're absolutely spot on. Chefs, cooks more specifically, should probably get a percentage of the tips every single time that you go out to eat. I mean, I love the idea. Yeah, that's great. Uh, If you didn't work in the food industry, what would you want to do? Hmm. Hmm. You have some stuff going around already, Louie. Right. I don't know. Documentaries? Okay, you know what? I really started out this journey wanting to become a writer. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have a BA in English and communications. It's so weird. But my mom said, oh, you know, there's no money in art. We're opposites. <laughs> <laughs> my mom was like, you better get a real job. <laughs> Go be a journalist. You know, like, it's like the opposites. Right. Yeah. So hotel and restaurant management it is. And yeah. then here I am. Okay. So that's what you want to do, you think? Yeah, I mean... Travel and write. I can see you traveling and writing. Yeah, totally. Writing, probably. Uh, haven't gotten back into it because of um, all of this. But I, I totally enjoy what I do for us. Um, I totally enjoy my photography. I totally enjoy traveling and documenting stuff, too. But yeah, I see writing playing a big part into all of this soon. I'm kind of already in that process of stepping out of being in the kitchen every single day. So, um, literally in the last couple of weeks, I am really excited about this podcast and I think that it's going in an amazing direction. Uh, I see myself doing more writing about food, writing about hospitality life, um, for magazines, possibly writing a cookbook with Louie, maybe, um, putting something together like that. And of course it's always been on my mind to do a food show. So a food TV show or a food YouTube show, um, something that tells the stories of cooks and chefs and people that work in the industry. At this point in your life, food TV show or like full-time food writer? I think I feel like they go hand in hand though. So both because I just multimedia kind of I've thing. I've always been one of those people. Like when I was on TV every day as a news journalist, I always 
liked being the writer of my own stuff. It's, as you know, a little uncomfortable sometimes when people write your stuff, especially if they do it all the time. It's like you're constantly changing it. And people can tell um, when you're an anchor and, you know, you obviously can't write your whole half an hour broadcast. It's just not going to happen. You can go through everything. You can change some words here and there, but you're not going to write the whole thing. No one has that kind of time or energy. And so it's always more comfortable as a reporter in the field when you're writing your whole entire thing. So I feel like it's super hand in hand. Like if I was to ever host a food TV show or a YouTube show, I'd want to do a lot of the writing. So you should write more. Mm. You're the smartest person I know. Oh, another compliment. Wow. I'm liking this. (laughs) Okay. So are you guys ready to do this now? We've gotten to the uh, climax here, so to speak. We like to call this part of the podcast on the fly. Start the clock. Louie, you're up first. Favorite thing about cats? Independence. All right. The food you always want? Ramen. Dessert craving? Ooh, crap. Uh, Chocolate lava cake. Best? You're a basic bitch. Yeah, I am a very <laughs> basic bitch. The best tool for your job? Um, camera. Good answer. Mm-hmm. Most inspirational chef? Jose Andres. Bucket list place to travel? Always wanted to go to the Maldives. Wow, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Favorite thing to do in Las Vegas? Ooh, uh, I like to drink wine and eat cheese. At random places. Okay. <laughs> Make sure it's random. Yeah. <laughs> How do you like to relax? Um, I actually just pass out and sleep nowadays. Does Louie relax? Yeah. She never relaxes. Okay. No, but wait. I do go to massages. Yeah. We're on the fly. Favorite yeah. food uh, as a child? As Oh, that would be sinigang. It's like a Filipino vegetable stew. Oh, and dream job. Um, we established that kind of earlier. Yeah, maybe. we did. Yeah, oh, we, we don't. did. So, yeah. All right. Have at me. All right. We continue here on the fly with Lorraine. Start the clock. Favorite thing about dogs? They're so fluffy and cute and loyal. The food that you always want? Sushi. That is correct. <laughs> Dessert craving? Uh, uh, do I have to do one? No. I'm going to do a bunch. Creme brulee. That used to be number one. Yeah. I still love creme brulee. Uh, break a uh, pavlova. Uh, Donuts. Cupcakes. Cronuts, donuts. Okay, we're on the fly. And sell bakery cronuts. <laughs> Best tool for your job? Tweezers. Most inspirational chef? Uh, Julia Child. Okay, bucket list place to travel? Paris. Your favorite thing to do in Las Vegas? Mm. Clock is ticking. I know, go to restaurants. Oh boy, how do you relax? Uh, Netflix and chill. Favorite food as a kid? Uh, God, I don't know. Oh, God, I should have known this. Your potato Pizza? <laughs> your potato balls, your grandma's pizza. toaster stuff. Probably yeah. pizza. Uh, that's it. That's it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we made it there. Do you like pizza now more as an adult or when you were a kid? I think uh, I feel like pizza has really progressed over the years and gotten way better oh, yeah. in it certain spots, better. but I, th- I think I liked pizza better when I was younger. I don't know if that makes any sense. Do you mean overall or do you mean because I just I, like, I wanted pizza seven days a week when I was 13 mm-hmm. years old. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. okay. When we are have a long conversation about all the places that we want to go to eat, we're always like, let's go to Sotobello. Let's go to, we used to like do Forney. Let's go to Napoli, which closed at Town Square. Naked City. Yeah. Naked City. Metro. Like we're always Metro. Oh God, pizza? Metro. You're always pizza. Yeah. So have you been to um, Evil Pie? And I like good, it. The Good Pie. He I like it a evil lot. Evil Pie and he loves um, the good that pie. one that you like too. Uh, 
What's that one? Oh my well, gosh, it's at Green Valley. Oh, Pizza Rock. Pizza Rock. Pizza Rock. I yeah. like Pizza Rock's yeah. really good. I like yeah. it downtown yeah. as well. Big fan, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm like dying for like a Napolitana, like a true Napolitana pizzeria place like La uh, Pizzeria de Michelle. Well, the one in, in Los Angeles, yeah. In Italy. That's yeah. like the closest one to us now. So I'm dreaming about it, going back to Hollywood and having it again. We should. Oh, we should. We, we totally need should. to. Oh but my anyways. God. And that burrata there is insane too. Well, thank you so much, Mitch, for being a sport and doing a plus episode. It It was really good. Yeah, it was really good. And we'd like to reiterate, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm amazed that some people tell me they've listened to every single episode. I don't think that I've listened to every single episode again, you know, Uh since we've done them. So thank you so much. That's awesome. Um, Thank you to all the amazing guests. Thanks for getting social with us. Right. And thanks just uh, for supporting us and all the kind words that I hear. We love your podcast. We love uh, what you guys stand for. And yeah, we'll continue doing great things with you guys. We are so grateful for the culinary community, how everybody has stepped up so nicely with us. We honestly didn't know that it was going to be this easy to book people. Right. (laughs) People are asking us Mm -hmm. to do a podcast. And then at the end of almost every podcast, people give us suggestions and send us people. Yeah, you should talk to us. We love when people do that. It's it's been amazing. What a ride so far. Um, Lots to come. So happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. We love subscribers almost as much as we love food. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review. And check out Two Sharp Chefs. That's with a number two on Instagram and Facebook, as well as our WordPress blog. Email us with any questions and ideas at twosharpchefs at gmail.com. And Louie, we stream new episodes every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, and Stitcher. It's been a pleasure. We're 86th. Till next week. Thank you.